Hi, this is Natalia Modanova from Dress Sex, which is your meta closet of digital only clothing, NFT, fashion items, and AR looks. And today I'm here on Edge of NFT podcast, the one that brings you the cutting edge in looks and listens. Stay tuned. Hi, NFT curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode and learn how the DressX ecosystem is creating and utilizing Web3 digital fashion, allowing you to create and share your meta closet of stylish threads. Plus, how the first purchase of a disposable camera led to a life of creativity in the fashion world. Also, Blur and OpenSea are in a battle for NFT marketplace supremacy. All this and more on today's episode. Finally, Outer Edge LA, our awesome community-centric gathering, recently returned to Los Angeles March 20th to the 23rd of this year. If you missed out, here's a way to catch up on all the interactive experiences, discussions, presentations, and more. Simply go to watch.outeredge.live and register with your email address to get a full recap of over 60 captivating conversations and performances. Binge watchers are welcome. See you inside. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger, the podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Daria Shapovalova and Natalia Modanova, the dynamic duo behind DressX, the largest digital fashion store showcasing collections from renowned brands and 3D designers. Daria, the founder and CEO, has 15 years of experience in fashion and is known for putting Ukraine on the global fashion map. Prior to DressX, Daria established a fashion TV show, Mercedes-Benz Kiev Fashion Days, and the showroom More Dash. With an MBA under her belt, she moved to San Francisco to launch DressX alongside Natalia. Daria has been recognized in the Forbes Under 30 Europe and BOF, Business of Fashion, 500 Most Influential People list. Natalia Modinova is the founder and COO. She has over 10 years of experience in the fashion industry. She has co-founded the showroom as well called Mordash in Paris and the International Conference Fashion Tech Summit with Daria. Natalia has been a curator and expert in various fashion and tech events, and her achievements have been recognized by numerous media outlets, including CNN, Forbes USA, and the Financial Times, and included in lists like America's 50 Greatest Disruptors by Newsweek and the Vogue Business 100 Innovators in Tech and Web 3. Both Daria and Natalia are highly sought after speakers at prestigious conferences, sharing their expertise on the metaverse digital fashion and fashion tech. DressX is revolutionizing the fashion industry by integrating with the metaverse Web3 AR and other cutting edge tech. They aim to demonstrate that some clothing can exist solely in digital form, promoting a more sustainable approach to fashion consumption. Their motto is don't shop less, shop digital fashion. Hey guys, welcome to the Edge of NFT. It's great to have you here. Cool, thank you so much. Hi. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad we could finally do this show, right? We've known each other for a long time. Daria and Natalia were part of the original NFTLA Genesis version 1.0. 
and have been fans of all the great work you guys have done in the space. Thank you. Thank you. We're also your fans. <laughs> yeah, we Super happy that. we had the chance to make the wearable NFT for this latest conference in LA. So it's a lot of people who collected it, but someone who missed it, you missed it. <laughs> and that's how it goes, right? DressX definitely at the forward edge of everything that's happening in digital fashion, of course, and really pushing the envelope, really driving it. So many good things to dive into about that side of things, but we really want to start more at the beginning and talk about the origin story, kind of the foundation of this concept. I mean, you guys are making ways, making moves, pushing the forward edge of physical fashion. What inspired this shift toward digital fashion, everything that DressX has become? Okay, let's just uh, start. And then the next time when I ask a question, I'll address to myself on Natalia, so it will be easier for us to answer. So basically, as mentioned in the intro, we both were in the fashion industry for a long time. And our previous project we did together, which was the showroom, and interacting with lots of brands, we understood that actually like there will be an entry category for all the fashion brands. And we saw it in digital goods. And also because like digital goods were a part of like all the games vocabulary for so many years. So we kind of understood that there will be a need for our digital closet. That physical closet is amazing. Every person in the world almost have those. And we just want to move this experience into online. And we started before NFT became like a big thing. And we started pre-metaverse world. <laughs> but still, we had the vision for your digital wardrobe, what DressX is and has become and will continue to be. And obviously, we're like with the advancement on the metaverse side and Web3 side and the notion of the NFTs and the blockchain, it became easier for making it this concept uh, for people to understand it. But actually, it makes total sense as we all lived in like online environment during the pandemic. It's understandable that some of our habits will stay and those will be like spending time on social media and we'll spend time on social media. We want to dress ourselves and some of the clothing, they can just exist for social media dressing. And some of those NFTs would dress people in their NFTs as well. So that's fun and cool too. And this is very different about the concept of the NFTs we were selling. That's exactly what Natalia have mentioned. That's exactly what we did with the NFT LA. And there are so many other partners we did it with. So that's how kind of the thought process behind DressX, but it evolved as well. But the good thing is that we were very consistent in our approach. We kind of told from the beginning, DressX is your digital wardrobe. It's continued to become one and we elevate the experience. Yeah, very Maybe forward thinking. Yeah, it's fascinating to have these new markets and new domains, right? I mean, it's the digital world is offering us all sorts of new ways to conceptualize the economy and everything that we do. And it's both fun and intimidating to jump in there and try to trailblaze and create a new domain. So congrats to you for seeing that coming and being a trailblazer there. And speaking of all that, 2023, there's still several months left here, a few quarters left in this year. And I'm curious here, Natalia, I guess we'll kick it over to you. What technologies are you seeing that's new on the horizon? And given that, how can our listeners maybe get involved in the experience firsthand? Great question. And I think everyone would agree that 2023 is a year of AI. So here we go. We started uh, January with our community-driven AI contest. In our Discord, we opened special channel where everyone could create 
and co-create with us and with Midjourney. And we actually already released some of the items that were co-created by the community with us. And it's available now inside DressX app. We already hold like two seasons of such contests. And it's really amazing because people can create, they all vote and community decides what goes into production, what's being launched. And we don't call it DAO or anything like that. People really just engage with that. And I think we kind of prototype this self-governance in this way. We also involve and engage with different partners for it. Actually, today we launched uh, items co-created with Tommy Hilfiger fashion brand and co-created with the community Andresex. And this is really amazing because it's available as a R skin, but also as a skin for the central land and take it even further because this is something that we've been working on since day one of DressX. And soon we will be releasing this DressX AI tech, which instantly changes your outfit on your pictures for social media. And this is something that is exciting. You can already go to dressx.ai and sign up to be an early tester with us. Of course, it's early days. It's going to be developing and improving, but definitely this is something that is in 2023 coming from us. All right. Already getting the alpha. It's just the beginning of the show. I love it. So Daria, I'd love to learn more about your perspective on how digital fashion is shaking things up on a macro level. In particular, how is it redefining sustainability? How is it redefining the purchasing decision process? What are some of the other aspects of the overall fashion industry that digital fashion is disrupting? Yeah, great question, actually, because that's exactly what we see, that digital fashion, fashion and digital for brands is becoming an entry level for some of the new consumers. So, for example, like in the environments like Roblox and some other Web3 environments, actually, there is a new generation that is discovering brands through digital goods. And it's fascinating to see. Like I see at my home, I have 10 years old son. He's not very exposed to Web3, but he's playing a lot of Web2 games. And that's how he discovers brands through digital games, but I'm sure like Web3 will be his uh, on his horizon as well pretty soon. And also like the way how digital goods started to influence the runways, that's also what we see because like traditional fashion sometimes lacks this innovation. And I think because from digital fashion, it started to take the industry by storm and designers picked it up and they started to implement it even on the runways during the fashion weeks and kind of adding more innovations. And we'll only see even more like generative designs inspired collections, something that Natalia had mentioned and that we address XI using like in a lot of capacity. And we see how brands are approaching us at DressX and they want to find their way in the Web3 space, in the NFT space, because they understand that moving forward for the new generations, that will be an entry level of how they discover those brands first. And only then they will discover the physical goods. And I think that's the major change that's like digital fashion and fashion and digital, how it is influencing the traditional fashion that just becomes a new entry point to like a new generation of customers. And that will continue to be so. And especially like also on the advancement of the avatar side, 
and how we started to use them on social media. This is also pretty big and that will only continue to evolve. And definitely like in 2024, it will continue to be even a bigger trend because in like Web3, Web2 environments, we use a lot of avatars, but we'll continue only to like use more. And some of the post-IPO companies will double down on that. So that's something that we will only see as a future, but we kind of address X already see it as a present <laughs> because we're building it. But definitely this is forthcoming and this also will influence the traditional fashion, let's say. Yeah, let me ask you something. So I've been doing a little bit of online shopping. Fortunately, the good type, I've lost a little weight trying to figure out some new spring clothes. And I've noticed that the recommendations from sizing to fitting have improved on a lot of websites. Is there a relationship there with the digital fashion world that's a little bit more connected where some of that data around what people like, how things fit on them will translate to the physical fashion world? Yeah, there are two clear kind of distinguishment between use case of size recommendation and recommendation of how it's going to look at you. And we really solve the issue of kind of inspirational and also evaluation of what is going to be like wearing the certain outfit. And this is something that kind of helps conversion if we talk about traditional fashion retail, but also it helps to make a more conscious decision about what to, for you as a consumer what you want to have, what you want to wear and how you see yourself with a certain item without a need to actually order it, to process a payment, to process a delivery and then find out that oh, it doesn't look like I was imagining that. So you can do it without any kind of frictions in the physical world with just trying on the item in the digital format. And then if you really like what it looks like on you, that it's your style, you feel like that, you can order and see <laughs> and make final decision. That's helpful because Ethan's in Chicago, Jeff's in Florida, and I was having these guys fly all the way to LA to like join me as I was trying on clothes. So this is going to be really good. Sorry, guys, no more trips to LA for you guys. Yeah. Don't ask me to be your fashion consultant either. I don't know. Looks like you've got a couple better fashion consultants here, Natalia and Daria. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. So we talked about a few different macro concepts here, but let's drill down a little bit further and talk more about DressX's meta wardrobe. Like what's coming? What does the future look like here? Not just like in the next few months, but over the next few years, like how do you see this like truly evolving? Natalia, let's start with you. Well, we see definitely that everyone will have the meta closet, the wardrobe of digital fashion. We definitely see that every brand, luxury brand, mass market brand, fashion brand, and non-fashion brands as well will have a category of digital fashion. And it will be like an introductory category to the world of the brand, to the universe of the brand. Every fashion brand is trying to sell you a dream. <laughs> and this is kind of a bricks that this dream is built off and you can have it, you can own it, you can wear it. And definitely there will be some interconnectivity with the um, physical items as well through the NFC chips and uh, like other technologies. So some of the items will live as digital twins. Some of them will be just digital only outfits. And some of them will be like a complementary digital and physical items to each other. 
we are definitely moving there slowly but surely because it's not just one technology that helps getting closer to this future. It's multiple things uh, happening at the same time. And we are really excited to be on the forefront of this and uh, help others to onboard into the idea of digital fashion and start building it already today. And what I can add is an opportunity like to share your closets. It's really amazing. That's what fascinates us. As mentioned, like it's unlikely that you can invite everyone to see a physical wardrobe, but you can definitely share your digital wardrobe with anyone in the world. And it's fun. It's cool. And also the opportunity to gamify this experience. This is something that we are working on right now. And that's exactly as we see as your meta wardrobe, your digital wardrobe, because it can be even more fun and a good complement to your physical wardrobe. So some of the things will coexist in both. Some of them will only exist in either of those, but definitely it will be a nice gameplay in between. Yeah, it's a definite, right? It's a fact. I think we all agree on it. I think a lot of people might be like, oh, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Everybody on this show, I think, is can say very definitively, the train has left the station. It's going to happen. And continuing to build the technology out now while we're still very, very early in the process is so critical. So kudos to you for doing that because it's really important. We'll have the process. <laughs> There's certainly a handful of people beyond us in the Zoom call that think this stuff is important and going to happen. You guys have a recent fundraising amount of $15 million to advance the interoperability of DressX as a platform. Wow, right? That's a big deal. And it shows a lot of support and momentum for what's going on here in digital fashion and setting a strong foundation for the future here. Maybe kick it over to Daria here. What does this raise unlock for you to be able to create now? Yes, obviously, it's a great achievement and a big milestone for the company because it's a serious day, especially given the market situation. It's amazing that the company has proven that it's a very prospective player to be able to raise now and fund that led our Series A is Greenfield Capital. So their biggest early stage blockchain fund in Europe. They're based in Germany and they invest in various companies. Series A is still considered to be kind of early stage, but more to, I would say, middle stage because we already kind of built a lot of things in the process. And it's definitely like here was a nice uh, click between the opportunity uh, between the fund and how they research for the companies and dress acts. Our already an ability to evolve from zero to where we were at the time of the fundraising. And we definitely want to continue to invest in our infrastructure and all of the technologies that Natalia have mentioned previously. And obviously continue to build the DressX community and the um, kind of the biggest idea for the company from the day number one is to sell 1 billion digital goods, fashion digital goods. And that's exactly like the aim that we want to continue to be achieving and then building everything to achieve that finally and working with lots of partners, obviously in Web2 and Web3 and different brands. So the fundraise will support all of the partnerships and definitely the infrastructure first and foremost, because definitely something that we've reviewed here together in the podcast, building the matter wardrobe is still about the future. But as we know, the future is now. It's just not evenly distributed. <laughs> and that's exactly what we managed to do with the new fundraise. And we're very happy with all of our new partners that participated. Now, the question is, who's that quote? Who is that quote from? Is that like, do you know who that quote is from? 
the future is now, uh, future but it's is not, now, but evenly, it's not distributed. evenly distributed. <laughs> there is a scientist who told that, find but out. I find out. Yeah. don't remember his name That's now. But one. we can Google. If you're sitting in the in front you of your laptop, you can Google. definitely Google. Yes, I'll figure it out. <laughs> or That's ask ChatGPT. Either of those. William Gibson, I've Googled. Sorry, ChatGPT. Old habits. ChatGPT is behind about a year. So any new data, we have to wait to be loaded up anyway. So sometimes Google's still going to win out. But Google's coming up with their own product, right? Which will be interesting to see how that faces off. And alas, would love to sort of talk a little bit more about some of these partnerships that are being unlocked here. Obviously, we've worked together for two years now. And that's one example of the many partnerships you're doing with different companies in the Web 2, Web 3, artist collaborations, any sort of specific collabs coming up that we should be on the lookout for that you can share at this point in time officially? Natalia, you want to kick us off there? Anything up your sleeves that we could talk about? We are this type of company who prefers to build something first and then announce. I remember so many times us coming to kind of reject him to announce a partnership until we build something. So we kind of still look in this mode, but definitely we expand in our partnerships with Roblox, with Meta, with all the avatar fashion that is coming. We continue our partnership with Snap and deepen it, of course, especially considering their recent Snap Partner Summit announcements. Uh, we already integrated, as mentioned, the mid-journey uh, tools in our internal and external pipeline. This is super exciting. And this year we started with multiple collabs with brands like Tommy Hilfiger, like Ipsa, which is a beauty brand, and we will do more in a beauty space this year. So watch out. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yeah, continue. Partnerships and collabs are important part, but also developing our own product is a very big priority for the 2023. Very, very cool. Yeah, definitely have to balance both things. And I would say by the names of the partnerships you've done so far with some of the juggernauts in, in the space and in technology, I'm sure we can look for more big news to come and congrats on all that success. Thank you. All right. And so we got to look beyond just the world of DressX. Of course, you have lots of partnerships and collaborations with other folks, but let's go beyond even what we talked about here today. For each of you, what projects have you been keeping an eye on? What inspires you or gets you pumped about the Web3 space? Again, outside of even the people you're directly partnering with. Daria, let's start with you. It's uh, probably the opportunity because we're creating this Web3 together, right? DressX is one of the first companies in the space and the ability to create the industry that is like not really in the moment of giving birth to itself and to the major stakeholders. I think this is the most inspirational part. And also to be able to bring those brands that Natalia have mentioned and that we all know that are coming from like traditional world into Web3, I think an inspiration on its own because we can create a lot of things and life is all about creation and co-creation. So that's what continues to inspire us because we can kind of navigate the market and tell the brands that this is like best way for you to enter this market. And that's how we would see this brand entering the Web3 and the metaverse space. And obviously receiving this great comments from our users, that's what continues to inspire to see the product to be approached by people and 
receiving the comments that they love using dress acts or like they tried it out and the concept of digital fashion, because it also comes from our background that we're both Ukrainian. You probably know that, that we're coming from Ukraine and which else, which is, was like not evident that you can go and purchase something luxurious. It's a very different market there, an opportunity to give to everyone this opportunity to wear like even brands, at least in digital realities. This is kind of so cool because it's a real democratization of fashion without going into mass markets. So I think that's what is really inspirational and the sustainability factor. We can really like change things in the sustainability part in the way that not all the the clothes should exist in physical, like some of them can exist in digital only format. And this is so exciting because that can save the resources for some of the brands and they will continue still to monetize because they're still selling those goods, right? Just in digital format. So yeah, this is the change of the perception and the opportunity to kind of rebuild a lot of things in the fashion industry and in digital fashion using Web3 tools. This is amazing, but maybe Natalia will add something on top of that. No, of course. Yeah, yeah. The energy of the space and all that you're getting from the space is serving as this major inspiration for you. Yeah, Natalia, let's, let's head to you. And, and I'll ask, are there any specific companies out there that are inspiring you or projects that are inspiring you that you're not yet partnering with? On a personal level, uh, I'm a proud holder of Murakami Clone and definitely I'm following whatever is going on in that universe for sure. And the founding team of friends. So it's really great what they've built so far. And uh, it's nice to see where it is all going, inspiring a lot of people, but also showing that it's not the only way. And there are lots of opportunities of how to shape whatever you want to build and how you see the future of brands, of fashion, of IP, of wearables. And yeah, we actually recently did the drop with Colton Rain, which I think going to be a very strong kind of player in this whole Web3 fashion universe. Definitely, we are close with everyone who is building anything in the space from like the fabricant to dematerialize to like Red Dow people, uh, it's all kind of big contribution into the future of the industry that we are kind of getting to together. And yeah, speaking of the other projects, really it's been a kind of quiet time on one hand, but on another, I think whoever is still around, <laughs> kudos to them. And yeah, it's like 10KTF, a bunch of different projects that are around. It's just I think it's time to see what is a really kind of sustainable approach in terms of building it as a long-term, not just a project, but as a long-term business, as a long-term value creation machine for all of the participants, for the economy in general. This is how I look at it rather than just overnight kind of hyped success and then not uh, knowing where it is going next. Yeah, well, this is the time, right? This is, I think people are heads down building right now, as we know, a builder's market as things are shaking out here for the future. But really appreciate each of you sharing so much about what DressX has been up to and will be up to here in the future. I think your staying power has been demonstrated. It's also helped meaningfully by a big capital infusion. So I'm sure that helps take some weight off of your shoulders and gives you additional bandwidth to experiment and build and get out there and really mix it up. So again, kudos for that, especially with everything swirling around us right now. It's a huge accomplishment. And I know we'll set you up for success going forward. So we appreciate it. 
Thank you so much. Absolutely. So I think that wraps up segment one. And we have a couple of different moving pieces here that happen at the end of segment one. Daria is catching a plane to go continue to spread the word for Dress X. So we'll say I do to you, Daria. Thank you so much again for your time here. And then Josh also will be peeling off for a little bit of travels. And we'll be back a little bit later in the episode for one of our later segments. So thanks to each of you for all your contributions. We appreciate it. And we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks, y'all. You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or if you received that chain letter, how did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued or deep fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. So as I mentioned, uh, we're moving on to our next segment. And Natalia, this is a segment that we call Edge Quick Hitters. It's basically just a fun way for us to get to know you a little bit better individually. And so these are 10 set questions. We're looking for short answers, single words or a few words, but we might ask for a little bit more detail here or there. Are you ready? I am. Okay, let's go. Question number one. What is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Oh, I think it was a photo camera. Oh, nice. The kind of thing that you still have sitting around somewhere? No, I don't. It's kind of a pretty disposable one. I had a mechanical one, like really cool old school, but didn't want to use it. And that one I still kept. But this was one of this first like automatic <laughs> cameras. Nice. Good. That's a cool first purchase. I like that. All right. Question two. What's the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? Wow, that's a good question. And I don't remember the first one, but the largest one was collection of one of the designers to one of the huge multi-brand stores. Oh, cool. That must have been an amazing feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Question number three. What is the most recent thing you purchased? Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was a present actually for the friend. Uh, yes, it was a present just from their wish list. <laughs> it was just yesterday at their baby shower. <laughs> You've given it to this person? Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. It's flying. It's delivering. It's, could you share what it is or is it going to ruin the secret? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Okay. Baby shower. Baby shower. Yeah. Now baby shower that. present, you know. That's yeah. Like... <laughs> just one of those. I got you. Ethan and I have been involved in those, even if it was yeah, I'm just on the outside of it. <laughs> probably we're not, we wouldn't even be able to have a good guess being the guys no. here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll move on then. Question number four. What is the most recent thing you sold? I have to check if anything on the real real was sold because I sent a bunch of stuff and here we go to the fashion again. 
just the longevity of the items and the need to keep it for a long time or or not and having the possibility to have a secondary market for things that have a value still but maybe you don't need it anymore so yeah really i think it's great how like the real real and other platforms embraced it and developing so I guess it was one of those like MSGM gold pants or something like that. Awesome. Not surprised it circles back to digital fashion. It's all good. Well, we'll go with question five then. And that is, what is your most prized possession? Oh my God. Can we skip and get to the <laughs> next one? I've got to think for too long. Okay. Yeah, no worries. You don't have to answer that one. We can skip. Everybody gets one pass. Would you want to go back to it or skip it entirely? Oh, maybe we skip because <laughs> okay, I'm no, gonna like process this on the back of my mind. We'll say her most prized possession is the ability to skip when she wants to skip. <laughs> yeah, the freedom, you know, and not <laughs> possession, but definitely freedom is a greatest value for me. Absolutely. All right. Question six: If you could buy anything in the world, something digital, physical, a service, an experience that's currently for sale, what would it be? What are you thinking about buying? Well, right now I'm like really thinking about this processing power and some data center, I think would be a nice purchase. For sure. All that AI, you got to have somewhere to process the darn thing. Exactly. The first data center we've had. (laughs) It is. It is. It's the first. But see, you know, if you could buy anything, you might as well just go ahead and buy Amazon Web Services in its entirety. (laughs) Yeah. It's not quite for sale, though, I think, right? Maybe. Yeah, it's like, yeah, how can yeah, you yeah. buy out the public <laughs> company? Theoretically, I guess, right? <laughs> I guess every stock is basically for sale. Yeah. We'll move on. Question seven. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? Oh, I think it would be just like never stopping. <laughs> yeah. Persistence. Definitely. Yeah. I think we've seen that in the short time we've known you here the last couple of years, uh, most definitely on display. Well, let's flip that. Question eight is if you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? I still consider myself a lazy person. So the laziness. Ah, I got it. The lazy never stopper. That's a new one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I can tell you another thing is like FOMO. It's a big driver on one hand, but on another, it's sometimes like too much. Yeah. yeah, it can kind of like rear its head in this space in a number of ways, right? Yeah. I think I just have a new term because you have FOMO, but then what if the FOMO thing you had FOMO for, you're like, uh oh, no. like why did i even want that thing right (laughs) i stayed up all night to like get it score this nft another part of inception movie yeah is your term fomo no is that i think it's uh oh no fomo no uh oh no mo something like that (laughs) fomo no mo fomo oh no fomo oh no there you go (laughs) nice all right question nine what did you do just before joining us on the podcast today i was finally answering emails because all the mornings I had calls. We have a team in Europe and we have a lot of partners in other parts of the world. So mornings are always for them. And finally, I got to my emails. (laughs) Are you an inbox zero person? Do you like to keep that inbox clean or no? Honestly, I would love to, but I'm not sure if I can get to zero. Mm. 
ever, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just too, never, too many things going on. Never ending battle. I get it. All right, last one. Question 10. What are you going to do next after the podcast? After the podcast, honestly, I have another call. Got so it. it's Monday and we're kicking off the week. It's mm-hmm. a lot of things on a plate and it's very exciting. Oh, all right. Sounds like something's brewing over there. <laughs> yes. We actually, cool. yes, we actually, uh, next time we uh, connect, you'll see us wearing a lot of like cool accessories. Oh, okay. Little hint there, y'all. Check it out. Okay. Well, that's Edge Quick Hitters. Natalia, thanks so much for sharing with us. We appreciate it. All right. And for the next segment here, let's check out our swoops check-in here. We are officially basketball team owners, if only in the digital universe, (laughs) but there's a lot to check in on. So let's go ahead and check this out. So swoops is a fun kind of sponsored segment we've been doing. It's a digital interface where you can kind of have your own basketball team. You can have these different players with their stats and you can play other digital teams. Of course, it's all NFT, Web3 integrated, lots and lots of fun. And so let's just go ahead and jump in and take a look here. I'll share my screen here in a minute. And the first thing, though, we want to do is kind of take a look at what kind of team we got here and talk about what kind of record we're building, what kind of gameplay looks like and stuff like that. So let me share screen, get a quick look at that. All right. So... As we're logged into a Swoops app here, we can check out some different scenes here. Particularly, we're looking at our Outer Edge Travelers team. We've got, looks like 16 games having been played. There's other teams that have played many more games. I just have to figure out exactly how that's rolling out. But Josh, I don't know that things are going incredibly well for us. The Kirchhoff's Electric Society seems to be whooping our asses, <laughs> as I would say. They've stacked their team and they've been playing a lot. So I think we've learned some things and we have beat up on the B team. And we're going to play some more games actually this week. So we'll have some new stats to share with the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, we would hopefully do well against the B team as opposed to the A team. But yeah, so our record's rolling along. I mean, we're not complete losers, but we may have a chance moving forward here. Let's check a little bit in the sort of games and stuff like that. So in this case here, we've got a game where we played the B team. This would be one of our winning games. And you can kind of see if you want to, we won't be able to go through it completely. But as you play through the gameplay, you get to reveal how the game proceeded. You get to see the stats coming in live here. They're showing different points and assists and different things going on here by both teams. And basically, you can see by the end of the game that this is one of our better games, I have to say, right? So it's a head-to-head with the B team. And by Q4, when all is said and done, we had a pretty awesome score. By the end of it, I think we were in the 80s and they were in the 50s. So I think we can be proud of this game. We can look back on it to find out what our strengths are. And that'll be a good one to review to see what's going. By the way, the B team does have Tron Starks. We will reveal one of our players' names. I guess Tron can be like a regular first name for like robots, probably. That would make sense. Let's take a look at one of our losing games here. So this would be the Kirchhoff Electric Society. They seem to really know what they're doing. I'm not sure exactly why, but in this particular game, we sure did lose pretty heartily here. Again, I think that they ended up somewhere in the 80s and we were like in the 50s or something. That's all learning opportunities, right, Josh? What do you think? How can we do better? You got any ideas? 
Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to have to look at what's going on in terms of the waiver wire, first of all, because while our top guy is a five-star, there's some of the other guys that just aren't cutting it. So I think we're going to be out looking at what's going on in the waiver wire and get ready to sort of upgrade our team, so to speak. Yeah, I'm excited for that possibility. Let's take a look here at the locker room of the Outer Edge Travelers. Here you can see our roster of players. And by the way, I think we have the capability to actually change the name here on Swoopster 893. It is officially time for us to announce the name of this player. Of course, if you've been paying to our socials, you would know it. A really incredible guard. You can see five stars, incredible stats. So we got at least one star on the team and he's going to have to bend his ego to try to pull the whole thing together and create something out of this ragtag group. But officially, you want to say the official name, Josh, this player? I'll let you do the honors, man. (laughs) It's going to be Tron Stockton, right? Tron Stockton? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the other team over here had Tron Starks. Yeah, and we're Tron Stockton. So Tron appears to be like, it's almost like John (laughs) for robots, uh, apparently. Yeah. It's a popular first name, but I still like it. I appreciate our fans and their recommendation. And so that's what we're going to roll with. And we'll keep going into the season. Beautiful. And we can take an individual look at some of these players. Again, we'll start with some of the other players we haven't named yet. And we'll put out maybe some other polls on the socials. We'll come up with some names there. We'll leave that for a future session. But it's kind of fun to kind of look at your players, look what kind of styles they have. We have five right now. And in this case, all got their own kind of stats. They all got their own kind of vibe. Some pretty cool looking players here. And then you can always check their Some of their stats are not in there yet. I think that's just because of the games, right? Maybe they haven't played the games yet, so we don't have those stats yet. But this guy's dope. Swoopster 987, got a fun pair of sunglasses going on, a blue mohawk, purple jersey. And then I believe this last one I have highlighted here is our man here. This is our Tron Stockton, so awesome stuff. Now, one thing we want to check in on is the leaderboard. Let's go to the leaderboard here. So... You can see we are very far down on the list, but also we haven't played as many games as some of those leaders on the list. Like, for example, the rank number one, Chef's Kitchen, they have 10,168 wins. So I think we got a lot to go in order to get some games under our belt, get some experience and stuff like that. We are not number one. We are well down into the territory of maybe the 90s or into 100 or something like that. Let's see where the Outer Edge Travelers are. Outer Edge Travel, we have 133. So we're trying to make our way to the Swooper Bowl. And it's one game at a time, right? One dunk at a time, one free throw. Any thoughts on our chances at the Super Bowl, Josh? Yeah, it's still a long season. We've seen in other sort of sports where teams come back, right? At the last minute, they upgrade their team and there you go. They're into the playoffs. So don't count us out. Yeah, I think we still got a chance. Yeah. And I think, I guess the Kurt Troff's Electric Society, we're coming for you. We'll remember this. We'll remember that sweep and we'll come back and we'll make you eat your circuit boards, I think would be appropriate to say. So before we wrap here, we'd love to just let people know how they can continue to get involved here, play along with us or even against us if you want. So if you're interested in what's going on here, it's really fun stuff. You can sign up for the SSN1 presale. Swoops is introducing a batch of players for season one, including a presale event. On 518 to gain access to the presale and get your hands on one of those players, go to playswoops.com forward slash presale. Use that promo code EDGE of NFT 
and we'll check in again with you soon on this one. Hey there, NFT Space Cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe, it's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole-enchilada NFT service can help you, yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. Ethan, the word on the street is we have some hot topics to discuss. Yeah, let's hit one or two. We could do that. Number one, hot topic. Number one, Bored Apes, CryptoPunks. Fall below $100,000 as NFT momentum stalls. Floor prices for blue chip NFT collections, CryptoPunks and Board Ape Yacht Club both fell well below $100,000 worth of ETH this week for the first time in months as a broader NFT market slumped to trading stats not seen in years. All right. Well, I mean, it is interesting that those NFT prices would stall out a bit, especially because there's been a bit of a, or even more than a bit of a run up in terms of the price of ETH and and Bitcoin. It's quite a lot higher than it was at the beginning of the year. So yeah, I don't know what we think about this. Blue chips, is it a buy opportunity or are they going lower? Or what do we think about this? Do you have yourself a crypto punk or a board ape, Natalia? And if not, are you ready to grab one? I don't have one of those two, (laughs) but yeah, actually it's just a good time for everyone who really believes in the space and the projects to grab one. So I'm not doing it just yet. So (laughs) the floor is still pretty high, right? Of course it dropped, but let's go out there and ask who's ready to, to buy, right? So you didn't put that in your investment deck? The 100,000 of that 15 million is going to go towards a crypto punk. <laughs> I guess we can wait for either a new project or another floor because we don't know how long the winter will be. <laughs> I know, right? But you know what's funny is talking about FOMO no or whatever. 
you know that like in 12 months, we're going to be looking back at this conversation. Right. Saying, we have Gosh, I should have grabbed one of those when it was below. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. <it's> all the time. <laughs> it's always how it is. So, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. It's the ebb and flow of the market. Obviously, in general, they're not going anywhere. The popularity is not going anywhere. It's really just, are you willing to pull the trigger? <laughs> you know, which is so hard to do when it's a price point that's that high. Just in general, it's a big dollar amount for almost anybody. So, but interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you never know too with these floor prices, right? I mean, that's that's the floor price probably on the open market too, but chances are you might even be able to negotiate a lower price with if you did a direct sale, right? Find an owner that's ready to let it go. But yeah, prices ebb and flow. Is it time to buy? Who knows? Would you rather get a real estate or a crypto punk? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but if you look at, uh, I don't know what about your like circles, but I see that... The second purchase after successful purchase of NFT is real estate. So hmm. that's the move. Exactly. So it does the question what comes first, right? And what comes second? And there is a real estate there, then you go with NFT. Yeah. Yeah. Before we move to the next one, just last comment. I think the interesting thing about the board apes, especially, and the crypto punks get wrapped into this too, is you're not just buying a piece of art, you're buying into a community, right? I think that's probably one of the biggest things that a lot of people who own those items are most curious about, excited about. And so it's also that question of is now the time you want to enter into that community? And to be honest, even though you spent $100,000 around probably some work involved, now you're getting involved in being a part of that community, kind of contributing, showing that you care and want to contribute. So it's definitely a complicated decision. All right. Anything else on that? Or should we move to the next one? Let's roll. Okay. Next up, OpenSea Pro retaliates, blurs dominance in NFT market. So OpenSea Pro was rebranded and unveiled to court active traders from Blur. Ladder was eating away at OpenSea's market share since its launch last October. The counteroffensive proved somewhat successful as data suggests that the new polished NFT aggregator has surpassed Blur by daily transaction count. I have to say, this kind of reminds me of Looks Rare, right? I mean, Looks Rare many months ago came on the scene and it was this kind of decentralized version of OpenSea and everybody was really excited and you had the Looks token and that was sailing. And I'm pretty sure that the activity on Looks Rare is pretty minuscule at this point. And OpenSea has maintained its dominance in comparison to, say, a competitor that came in and looked like it was threatening. What do you think, Natalia? I mean, I guess a question for all of us is, even though OpenSea is pretty well-established, there's certainly a history of well-established tech-type businesses that do get superseded, like look at a MySpace or like a Internet Explorer or something like that. There was a point at which mm, something came along that just did better. On a personal level, I like Blur. And I believe that, of course, there should be a space for kind of not just a competition, but competition for improvement, competition for like progress. That's how even kind of monopolies become better. If there is a competition, they get better. So I think uh, OpenSea is lucky to have (laughs) such a rival and I think there should be a space for everyone anyways, because there's still always a niche. There's still always another community. There is still someone who kind of needs another way to do certain things. 
So yeah. that's it's how I look at it. It's an interesting positive look at competition, right? If you're the leader, it almost is like kind of like a nice market research about what you ought to invest in next, right? If that is the right direction for you, right? Sometimes you just focus on what you're focused on. But if a competitor comes along and they're doing something that's drawing users away, good indicator that should go at the top of your build list, right? Are we going to see someone surpass OpenSea as, as the lead here, or have they secured it for decades? It's possible, but I take Natalia's view. Competition tends to be good. It pushes you to be innovative and develop and stay on your toes to avoid complacency, which will creep in no matter what, if you don't have some kind of drive to improve. And it's great when it's market conditions, competitors, or dynamics around supply and demand that drive this innovation, that's what's great about just having this like open competitive environment. So look, yeah, they were developing quickly. They were working on OpenSea Pro and then there you go. They've released it. They're staying on their toes. And I think based on like what we've seen with certain things and how they've navigated challenges, whether it was kind of like the insider trading stuff they dealt with a while ago or this and really accelerating a release of something that seems to be a product that the market's responding well to, like, I don't know, they're making it happen over an OpenSea. So I think they will continue to be a dominant player that said, also, like, think of in the AI market, right? Like Google and what they're doing with AI right now, because they saw what was happening and what the potential was with chat GPT to completely surpass it, right? Because people now use chat GPT for the same search stuff that they would have otherwise used Google for. So they have Bard and that's in beta right now, but they accelerated the release of that and it's going to keep them on their toes. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. So it's good to see OpenSea respond to that and deliver something cool in response, because I think it ups everybody's game. So that's my take. Yeah, a good comparison too. I mean, I know Google's been working on AI for decades. So it is interesting to see someone come up and say, oh, hey, <laughs> we're going to jump in here and make a splash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Does that sound good for Hot Topics? Should we visit another? So. Should we move on? All right. Let's yeah, move on. I think on. that's good. Those are some good ones. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next segment here that we love to do is a bit of a shout out. And so, yeah, Natalia, anybody... Any projects, collaborators, friends worth a mention that you'd like to shout out before we move on? I would like to bring up Diverge, which is a digital fashion brand. Also, I mentioned already Colton Drain. I'm really excited how those two are making base around. Awesome. Now, speaking of competitors, is there some competition there, healthy competition, or is this kind of a totally different domain? I wouldn't say so because DressX is ecosystem and the first drop of Diverge happened on DressX. This Cult and Drain drop happened on DressX recently. So really more collaborators here. Beautiful. Well, that sounds awesome. That does indeed. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of the show. So we really appreciate it, Natalia. Before we let you go, though, we got to make sure everybody understands where to follow DressX, where you prefer to send people to become part of your community. Where should we send them? Well, if you are deep on the NFTs and really interested on getting some on-chain fashion, follow whatever we are doing on our Twitter or directly at nft.dressx.com. And actually, we have some free mint there. Try to find it and you will be able to wear it right into DressX app. If you log in with the same MetaMask, of course, <laughs> don't forget to link up the same account. If you are more on a AR part and just uh, like fun fashion for social media, of course, follow us on Instagram. 
It's DressX account. And if you want to create with us, welcome to Discord. Perfect. All right. Beautiful. So now we know where to find you. And I'm sure we'll be seeing you again real soon. And also wanted to mention, you're going to be seeing a bunch of new faces, actually, as we're starting to pull together additional team members that you'll be seeing on this show, folks that haven't actually participated in this show before, some new hosts that are going to be coming in and mixing things up. And so we're really excited about that. So there'll be spots where I'm not here, Ethan's not here, Josh's not here, and we'll have some other people coming into the show, members of our team and others that are going to help continue to drive this edge of NFT train forward, along with some other things that we can't announce quite yet, but we will very soon. So everybody get excited for that. Ethan, did you have one more thing? No, we're not going to spell our own alpha too early. That was a good call, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. All right, guys. Jeff will be pulling back to do some other, focus on some other stuff with the project. So we may see even less of him in the future. And uh, we appreciate his presence and his deep, deep radio voice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, guys. Well, look, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. Thank you for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Also, Look us up on all major social platforms by typing Edge of NFT with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. We understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.